With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And good evening from your Vikings seven seed headquarters. This is Purple Daily. (laughs) Purple After Dark Daily Vikings Entertainment presented by Surly Brewing Company and our friends at TCL. Someone sent us a photo of, I don't know if it was a TCL TV, but a Bears fan destroyed their TV. First of all, if you're a Bears fan and you're still that emotionally attached and don't foresee things like that happening, then that's on you. And secondly, don't kill the messenger. Don't don't be bashing a great TV like a TCL TV, one of the best-selling consumer electronics brands in the country, new lineup of award-winning TVs, entertainment, stunning resolution, affordable cost, all of those things. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. How are we celebrating an Eagles victory over the Washington football team, solidifying the Vikings in the seventh seed in the NFC playoff race with three weeks to go after a big road victory in primetime, boys. Who's feeling it right now? I'll let Randy go first. No? <laughs> I'll let well, Randy go. Well, when you consider the additions this offseason and all the hype that came along with this team, I mean, the seventh seed, we're right where we were hoping to be, right? Because going up against the Bears last night, gentlemen, it was very interesting to see our quarterback struggle to get not even 90 yards in the air against a Chicago secondary that consisted of, I'm only guessing, guys that before Monday night was selling commercial real estate. The interior offensive line against Akeem Hicks. Don't know what happened there. I'm sure everything's going to be all squared away by the time that Aaron Donald comes to town. And the Chicago Bears, they kept shooting themselves in the foot. They That team is just a complete disaster. But if that concoction of cereal and ketchup wasn't sexy enough, the added topping of – and I'm very – I'm sarcastic by nature, but I'm dead serious when I say this. That was the worst officiated – game i've ever seen in my life it was rough i mean whether we're talking about calling phantom penalties that weren't really there or missing obvious penalties that were there but you know what the vikings are now seven and seven they have a chance to not only control their own destiny they have a chance to get over 500 for the first time since 2019 so the stars are looking great for the minnesota vikings right now Going up against the L.A. Rams next week, I'm so excited. 
I complete. I'm just going to have faith in this team because the seventh seed. That's what it's all about when it comes to this team. Uh, yeah, the standings are as such. The Niners have the six seed with an eight and six record. Vikings now in the seven seed at seven and seven, tied record wise with the Eagles and the Saints. But the Vikings have the tiebreaker. Um, so it comes down to first they sort it by conference win-loss record, and the Vikings have that over the Saints. And then we're going down the list of tiebreakers for Vikings-Eagles. Record or winning percentage in common games against common opponents. So it's it's razor thin right now for that final playoff spot, Judd, in the National Football Conference. Yeah, and so I, I actually took time to look this up after tonight's um, um, Eagles win against the WFT. The Eagles have left on their schedule the Giants, I believe, on Sunday. That's a tough one. Giants are Giants are <laughs> yeah. gritty, gritty oh, club. Yeah. Um, followed by, uh, I believe, a rematch with Washington. But yes. then their Week 18 opponent is the Cowboys, mm-hmm. um, which everybody could be lo- locked in by then. The Cowboys so, will not be playing starters in that game. So, so yeah, we'll we'll see. But uh, this is this is. The National Football League has exactly what it wants, which is just a huge pillow fight for that seven seed. Just uh, everyone's going to be swinging pillows around. Can I, I actually? I'd like to. I'd like to apologize for something real quick here that just struck me. You guys are both mentioning the the Rams, and by the way, that's realistic, Randy. You can find him also on his own YouTube channel. He's one of the OG callers into Vikings Ventline back in the day. He's a friend of Purple Daily here, and you can find him with us on Purple After Dark every Tuesday night. So last week, I was doing some self-scouting tonight on behalf of the Vikings. Uh, the Seahawks and the Rams were playing, and I wanted to see what the Rams looked like. And also the Seahawks, like, you know, I think they won a couple games in a row. They were sitting at 5-8, and eight, and, you know, if they get hot, they might factor into that seven-seed race. And so I kept my eye on that game tonight. A week ago on Mackie and Judd, we brought up, actually it was on Reckless Speculation Thursday, the Pioneer Press article that linked Pete Carroll, if he becomes available, to the Minnesota Vikings. And Charlie Walters doesn't just throw that out. Like he's getting that from somebody that, you know, Pete Carroll was a Vikings assistant coach back in the day 30 years ago. And so there's a connection there. And I, and Judd and I got into this hypothetical and Judd said, absolutely no way, no how, no chance. Do not touch Pete Carroll. And I said, well, I mean, wait a second. You know, hear it out for a second. You know, Pete Carroll's a better version of Mike Zimmer. You know, I think he would have a better chance to come in here and, you know, you know, be more of a player friendly coach. Okay, after watching that game tonight and watching about five Seahawks games, I'm with Judd. And I apologize for even entertaining the Pete Carroll idea that went bonkers on uh, on that Mackie and Judd episode last week. I have no desire for Pete Carroll in any universe to be the Vikings head coach in 2022. So, Judd, I apologize for even sparring with you okay. in a reckless speculation yes. segment. It got out of control. Thursday. It got out of control. <laughs> it, got, it got reckless. It got careless. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I am out on Pete as well. Okay. Well, he's a better version of Mike Zimmer, but why would you want any version of Mike Zimmer? With <laughs> Listen, okay, I yeah, I, I, Phil's just trying to backtrack from that. <laughs> yeah. take I'm, the, I'm the I'm the I'm the Kool Aid guy and Family Guy right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I'm the Homer Simpson yeah, meme right now. Meme. The gif just going just back into tapes, the bushes. Okay? What, what, what if you, what if what if that 2001 Toyota Corolla? You can get that 95 Volvo and Pete Carroll. I mean, those cars just keep turning out, man. They keep turning out, dude. You guys, I mean, I I read through that whole Doug Peterson article today. Speaking of retreads, like mm-hmm. Doug Peterson 
wrote the most perfect PR-driven article on this 33rdteam.com or something. Uh, And it was all about how you build a championship quarterback room. And it was basically a bat signal to every team in the NFL with either a young quarterback or a Kirk Cousins or a defensive-minded coach they're thinking about firing saying, hey, this is how I built a championship quarterback room in 2017, and this is what I will do for your organization if you hire me. That was, um, it turns out, it sounds like uh, a personal a personal note to one Shad Khan Jacksonville FLA. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think you're going to have to worry about. Or was uh, it was it to the McCa- was it to the McCaskies? Was I think it, he, was it I to think he wants ja- I think he wants Jacksonville, and they can talk to him starting next Monday, right? Yes, I believe so. Yep. They can. Hey, Nick Foles, look what he did with Nick Foles, Doug Peterson. Why wouldn't you want to do? Do that with Kirk Cousins. Make yeah, him a Super Bowl dude, champion. Pe- people mock the Doug Peterson thing, but like, and I know that it's no, I would wreck, love it. Like that, that dude, it. if you get the version that they got in 2017, then you'd sign up for that for sure, I would think. Well, yeah. And going back specifically to 2017 when they called the Philly Philly, I saw the coverage on that, like the actual film footage on that, where I think in between plays, Foles went to the sidelines and said, Hey, Philly Philly, what do you think? And Peterson was like, yeah, all right, go ahead. He trusted his quarterback. I don't know if you would ever see something like that with any quarterback and Mike Zimmer at all. Mike would be like, what are you talking many, many, about? Get out of here, man. Where's many, my many, defensive guys to do talk? You think Mike, many, many, can Mike no, Zimmer, even, can, can Mike Zimmer <laughs> even recite 10 of the Vikings' offensive plays verbatim? Like, Do you think Power. he would like <laughs> Power. All right, Mike. You're calling plays, yeah. buddy, yeah. with no Pain play in the ass left. Yeah. Pain in the ass right. <laughs> Screen. Power. Yeah. Uh, so, left or right. so, Randy, I think the like the biggest thing, the, the biggest, I think, thread on Ventline the other night or last night was fans are so conflicted here because in the micro, they're in the seventh seed. And, you know, a lot of fans are still just like, I think most fans are still rooting for wins because there's no reason yeah. to root for tanking at this point. Like, you know, they're not. They're not, like, trying to fight for a top-five pick. So trying to root for the best possible outcome for this year and clinging to some sort of hope over the next month plus, but then also acknowledging all these macro issues and, like, how bad the, how bad the team has looked against the Bears and the Lions. And so um, where are you at now going into these last three games? Are you still just soulless and emotionless as you watch this game against the Rams and then the Packers, or where are you at? I'm still very much soulless, but at the same time, my position has been clear from the very beginning of this season. NFC Championship game or bust. Do whatever you want. I mean, however far you get into the playoffs, if you actually make it there, because I know right now it's fun to talk about Vikings. Okay, they have the seventh spot. They control their own destiny. But with this schedule, with this remaining schedule that you have, L.A., I mean, that's going to be a tough game. Green Bay, they're going to still be presumably playing for seeding to keep that number one seed in the NFC for that bye week in the first round. So that's going to be a tough schedule. So even if you make it into the playoffs, that's still a question mark. But I am very much soulless with this team. I'll still watch because I still cover the team on my YouTube channel. But there have been times in my life, I can't think of any specific example where stupid stuff will just happen all the time. And then 
I would always get mad. And let's say, okay, I'll go outside, get ready for work. And okay, I left my keys in the house and it takes a half hour for me to find my keys. Or I go to tie my shoes. I fall on the ground. I knock over a glass of milk. Everything falls. And then you get angry and angry and it happens all the time. And then eventually you just laugh at it. Say, <laughs> this is just what it is. That's the Minnesota Vikings. They are the keys that I cannot find at the last second. <laughs> they are that glass of milk that spills when I need to get out in a jam. NFC Championship game or bust. The fact that we're sitting here, I've been saying this whole time on this stream, I wouldn't be surprised if they make it in as a 7 seed because that's just what the Vikings do. And what are we talking about right now? The 7 seed. All that talent they got this offseason. 7 seed. That's what we're looking at. Hell yeah. It was a good run for Bashad Breeland, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some yeah. sort of weird like altercation that they're not really talking about, and then they just decided, ah, we'd rather just not have him. Even though there's COVID, people are people are dropping like flies because of COVID. Like we're better off with this dude just off the roster for the last month. So don't don't you you guys think though to to the point about like are they going to make it? Do you care at this point? Um, Because I'm so far removed from like being mad. I'm disappointed. Like I'm the parent. I'm disappointed. I I still love you, but I'm disappointed. And so my overall grand feeling about th- this team now is you know what go ahead and win like that's fine uh, um seven seed because i don't think you're gonna get the six so like you you might get in as the seven seven seed go ahead um i don't hate the ride but i'm done with the ride and so i'll take it for for the, the rest of of the way like i'm not gonna get off the ride right right now i'm not mad enough to like bail off uh, but I need it to be done then. Yeah. So, like, the only thing, the the only way I would go back to being mad is if they get in the playoffs, like, let's say they, they pull a shocking win in the first round and then lose, and then they're like, everybody's coming back. Then I'd be like, are you serious? Are we really going to rewind this tape? Yeah. Um, but, if, but if we are going to get to the end of, of the ride and get the appropriate changes, which to me, at the very least, begin with a coaching change, I'm fine with it. All right. I like, I, I feel like I have to bring a metaphor now, too, because Randy brought the, like, it's like when you lose your keys and you're just like clumsily spilling things. And, uh, and then Judd brought the sort of the, like the Valley Fair. So I'm going to, I'll bring you one, uh, you know, like, like, like when you're watching TV shows, you guys ever get three or four seasons into a show on Netflix or whatever? You're watching a show on demand and you're thinking to yourself, all right, like season one was definitely awesome, season two was fine. Now I'm in season four, and it's definitely not a train wreck. Like I'm, like, I'm still interested in watching it to some extent, but there's probably way better shows out there. If I were to just decommit from this show, I could probably find a better show that's much more entertaining. But you just keep watching the next episode and the next episode. That's the Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins era of Vikings football. Like, There's definitely better episodes out there. There's better coaches. There's better quarterbacks that don't cost you $45 million against the cap in 2022. But it's like, yeah, but it's not, yep. you know, it's, it kind of entertains me. It's not, it's not the Jets. That show's terrible. Boy, the Lions and the, the Texans, like, I would never watch that garbage. You know, at least I get to watch the Vikings on a regular basis and Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins. That's, that's my metaphor. I'll give you the show, too. This, this is now Mike and Kirk. It's the end of the, of 
the Ted Danson, Shelly long run and cheers before she left. Okay. It's like, it's cheers. You got to keep watching it. Right. And it's like, but, she, but she is so annoying now. And like, the but Case them, Keenum's not on the roster the anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like Kirk and Mike, cause they, they are the starting point of the two stars who are just like, they don't work together now it doesn't work at all and and it's like you keep going back and watching but you're like i really don't like the main characters that much all right we need I, new main characters. can i go now too for a metaphor because I, I mean i think you almost have to you have no choice i got man. one too go ahead oh, okay so so today I, I did the last of my christmas shopping for my for my nephews I, there are the two i had to get at nine and seven years old and my sister told me that they wanted these double inflatable sleds that's what that's what they wanted. I said, "Perfect, I'll go and find these double inflatable sleds." What does double inflatable mean? Like like uh like tubes, like inflatable tube sleds for for sledding. They okay. they want one of those. So I went to a Target, didn't have them. I went to a Dick's Sporting Goods, they didn't have them, but they had like uh like those surfboard sleds, the ones you can like body surf down. Oh, yeah. And I was going to grab those. And I sent a picture to my sister and I was literally walking to the checkout lane and I said, mm-hmm. "Hey, I got the I got the two boy the older boys two sleds." Oh no! Don't get those. Santa already got them for them. And I said, "Well, oh. hold on. Wait a minute. Like you told me to get them inflatable sleds." And she said, "Well, yeah, but inflatable sleds are different than body sleds." And I said, "Caitlin, that's under the umbrella of sleds. So now, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to? Why get would you get kids? Dalvin Tomlinson when you already have Michael Pierce? <laughs> Pierce, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. So then I was like, "All right, here's what I'm gonna do." I'm going to find these GD inflatable sleds. So I went from <laughs> Minneapolis to Roosevelt at Dick's Sporting Goods all the way to back to Eden Prairie at Shields to find these inflatable sleds. And I bent over backwards to figure out this damn toy for my two nephews who I love. That's what I do for the Vikings. I bend over backwards and I go over <laughs> to toy to toy to toy to find the one thing to appease them because deep down they have my heart and I can't and I can't. Get away from them, and I'll do whatever it takes to please them. You also just described their entire offseason of, like, here's all the defensive things. We're going to yeah. go store to store to store looking for. It's Mike like, actually, more. now there's a different store over here that has offensive linemen that you might want to go shopping but, at. Might, but might it, help you more. I think the question, Dex, though, is do they have do they have your heart right now with this team? Because that's where I'm just checked out. But, but I mean, I still care about the team. Dude, yeah, someone just, someone just dropped a comment that said, in 42 years as a Vikings fan, this is the least attached emotionally that they've yeah. ever been. I sense that, too. It, fe- like, it feels really like the team's not even emotionally attached. Yeah, like that, We correct. talked about this with That's Boone today. They won right. a game ugly in Chicago on Monday night. And most teams with self-esteem, with football self-esteem, and, and, and most teams that know that they can play at a high level, are going to sort of laugh off an ugly win at Chicago and say, well, you know what? Well, we certainly didn't play our best football, but let's celebrate this, baby. we got to celebrate these grimy, greasy victories. And they're, they're so football insecure. I mean, the first words out of Mike Zimmer's mouth when he addresses the team in the locker room after that game was, it's a good win, guys. Now, you know, it doesn't always have to be that way. It doesn't always have to be that way. It's like, guy, it's middle of December. It's always that way, and you're not embracing it. Like, the team's not embracing it. The fans aren't embracing the team. It just feels – the whole thing this just is, feels off. I've followed this team for 21 years. This is the first time – I've been angry with this team, sure, but this is the first time where I just don't care. And to Judd's point, I'm with him in the fact that I'm content with whatever happens, 
But my God, if they bring this regime back in 22 and say, we're going to do this one more time, it's going to be great. Continuity, everything's going to work itself out. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I, I might just blow a head gasket. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I think right now it's the calm before the storm. But to your TV analogy point, weeds. I don't know if you guys ever yeah, watched dude. that show. Weeds. I was going to say the same thing. It it was it started off so great, and I yeah. want to say for the first three or four seasons. Then there was a couple of seasons in the middle where it just I don't know if I can right if I can do this anymore. Even if I miss the rest of the series, I won't care. That's the Minnesota Vikings right now. Weeds or season two of The Wire. But is there as you're watching season two of The Wire is a great one because I that was and I've never seen Weeds. But as you're watching these shows, you're you're still thinking to yourself, like, yeah, but I got to stick with this because there's going to be some swerve coming, right? Like something crazy. They're going to kill off a character or something big is going to happen. You know, what was that Netflix show, uh, House of Cards? Spoiler alert. Oh, there you go. You know, the first episode of season two, it's like, what? What just happened? How could that happen, right? And so yeah, I stuck with it for four or five seasons thinking, well, I mean, if they, were, if they did that yeah, right. in the first episode of season two – Right. I can't miss an episode. Like they, they might do that again in season four or season five, and you're just but waiting for it. This team has run its course, though. See that I'm comfortable with the demise because it, it's run its course. So it's not like there's another chapter. Like they keep they. It's gone on too long. It needs to end, and so it it doesn't have the potential to come back. It, it's got it's. We've seen everything that this group right now with Zimmer and I think Rick and Kirk. I, we've seen everything that, as a group, they have to offer us, and it's just done, which is why I'm comfortable with it. Like, like it's the inevitable, it's the inevitability of death here for football. That's what this is. So it's not like, oh man, if they just get one more piece, right? Like if they get that one more piece, but, they're okay. going to be in great. But hold on, but let me let me let me take the car here and turn it for a second because so the Vikings, as of right now, going into next week, are the seven seed. If the playoffs started today, they would play at Dallas in the first round. Mm-hmm. Dallas is kind of a mess right now. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think Dallas would be a big favorite over the Vikings. I think maybe they'd be like a three, four, three and a half, four point favorite. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very gettable game if you're playing this version of the Dallas Cowboys, even on the road. All right, so you win that game. Um, oh boy. And then <laughs> I'm trying to think of how that does the seeding work out. Is it low seed or would you play? Yeah. Well, if they were the seven, then they'd they'd go to the one. They win, so then they would go. Then they would go and play the Packers in the second round. They've already beat the Packers once this season. Now I get the playing at Lambeau, and they're going to find out in a couple weeks. But so you'd play Dallas in the first round, a very gettable team, and then you'd play a team in the second round that you just beat a couple weeks ago. I mean, that's the crazy thing here. There is no elite team in the NFC unless you think the Packers are it, and if the Packers are it, you already beat them. Arizona Cardinals, you've missed a 37-yard field goal that would have beat them. So the Tampa, a, Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just got shut out this last week. They didn't score a point. In a playoff game. So, so you, you really saying. think that oh, the combination of Kirk and Mike, who get overwhelmed by, by everything, like, like they beat the Saints in the Superdome, and we're like, oh, my God, what did they I'm do? saying it is not far-fetched for the Vikings to win a playoff game in the first round. And right. then what? And then what I'm saying is the opponents that they will face in the second round, third round, what have you, are not flawless opponents that are unbeatable. It's like it's all teams that are going to be 
maybe five point favorites at home against the Vikings, like a six point favorite. That's sure. all I'm. I'm just saying, like there's there are scenarios in which they win two playoff games, and and their problem is they would introduce so much drama and problems that by the second game they would self destruct. That's this. That's this group. That's this team. That's the problem. That's why I need them at least the most important ones gone because they don't have the ability because they are a joyless collection of soulless football players. <laughs> they don't have the ability to do Phil what, what you're talking about, which is an awesome thought. I think they can beat any of these teams above them once. I don't think they can rattle off like right. three straight against those Dallas, teams. But the problem at no is, point have they shown that ability with Kirk cousins and Mike Zimmer. Agreed. But even historically, under this regime in the playoffs when they get that one playoff win. So they've got two playoff wins with this head coach coincidentally against the same team. When they win that first playoff game, that's the Super Bowl for this team. They get that. Now the Minneapolis miracle, I kind of get it. That was a lightning and a bottle play. That was amazing. But at the same time, you still need to get ready for the next game. But even going back to 2019, that walk-off win, to Kyle Rudolph in the end zone, and then they go to Santa Clara against the Niners, and it's just, <laughs> we did all our celebrating last week. It's just, I could certainly see them winning a playoff game. But, my God, the teams, if you're talking about being a real championship contending team, which I don't think the Vikings are, but for those teams that actually are, they don't just look at it as, okay, we want a playoff game, we're set now, you got to take it game by game. And the Vikings, even if they were to pl- to pull off that one playoff win going into the next game, can they do it? They haven't shown that they've been able to do it at all. I know what you guys would say. I know all four of us would say the same thing. It's just like it, unless you unless you completely shock the world and go NFC Championship game or further, then there has to be changes. Like there's got to be a coaching change, maybe a front office change, got to be changes. But if the scenario I just laid out plays itself out, let's say you get to the playoffs, seven seed, you play Dallas in the first round, you beat Dallas on the road, and then in the second round, let's say you lose a close, you don't get smoked like that Niners playoff game or the Eagles playoff game from 2017, but you play a hard-fought game at Lambeau Field or at Tampa Bay or something, and you lose by a touchdown, whatever, but you fight. Do you think the Wilfs will make changes? No. Or do you think they will say, ah, oh, the team came to life and let's just find a way to reinforce this thing? No, they're soft. Um, as far as being football owners, they are soft. They are they're the office. Once Michael Scott left and they kept saying, okay, everything's going to be fine. Oh, they brought in, what, Will Ferrell? We thought he was going to take over. No, then we're <laughs> going to bring in somebody else. No, no, everything's going to work out, we promise. They are soft. They're afraid. You talked about this earlier, Phil. Well, at least we're not the Jets. You know what? That's true. But you want to know what's worse than that? A team that teases you, that gives you hope, that maybe there's a chance. We middle around for all of our history, but, man, that hope, maybe we can break through this one time. We talk about seasons of TV shows, three or four seasons, and that, okay, well, maybe season five will be, will be better. This is, for me, 21 years of watching the same TV show. Okay, I know the Wolf the Wolf Brothers, they haven't been around that entire time. But 
I have seen nothing from them to suggest that they are going to take this team by the horns and say, we need to make changes because you know what? We're, we're not the jets We're we're not the Lions, even though you lost to the lions, but man, if we get to the playoffs and we win that first playoff game, get to the second game and lose by touchdown, maybe there's something there. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's over. But no, I don't see them doing it because they're soft. I'll give you, since we're throwing, we got like a list of six TV show comparisons here, and I love it. I'll throw a seventh (laughs) one on the mix here. I have been a diehard wrestling fan my whole life, outside of like a three-year period during like the first Brock Lesnar run, and then I caught up on all that in WDW. Monday Night Raw has been garbage for like 15 years. But they'll pop up once in a while just enough to kind of tease you like, oh, man, oh, man, they brought back so-and-so. Or what about that one angle? And it, and it kind of keeps you hooked. And, like, only recently did I finally cut bait on Monday Night Raw. Like, six months ago, for the first wow. time in years, I was like, I'm out on Monday Night Raw. I'm an AEW guy, all right? I went from Mike Zimmer, and I found my Sean McVay, and that's AEW. But they keep, like, they, they plant enough seeds to where you're like, oh, man. what It's if, almost Rumble time, Phil. What, yep, it's the Rumble. Like, who's going to come back? Like, what's the surprise angle the but hook going to be, right? But who would be foolish enough to like like l- let's say they beat Dallas and they played the Packers close? You'd be a fool to say, "Oh, this is real." 2022. This could. I, I mean, you would have to be an idiot at, at this point. We're four guys sitting here who who covered the team and watched them closely, but we're not around them on a daily basis, and we know the flaws. So, like, yeah. what moron who's inside would be like, oh, this is good enough. Like, this is – it's and, and for the Wilfs, the one thing that should be readily apparent here is these people have been very successful in business, right? Business-wise, this is now failing. Like, like this is not this convoluted, boy, if we just replace this piece with this piece and then got this right guy here, it's perfect. You got some good employees here, but the overall hierarchy of the structure – that's failing you from a business standpoint is readily apparent. So I just don't know who would be a big enough moron to watch this and say, play the Packers close in the playoffs, beat the Cowboys. That's us. That's but our that's the team. thing. But it's not failing them from a business standpoint. In fact, I could argue that by keeping every season within like a game or two of 500, it's actually helping them from a business standpoint. It's keeping people more interested. It's getting people to stay at games longer. Like, oh yeah, no, no. I'm, I, it's getting I'm, people to listen and watch the games more. I'm probably. saying, I'm saying, as a businessman, that this is relatable. The football ops is re- is relatable to a business that has problems at the top. So, so yes, fans are coming, and and they are still, and the Wilfs are very, very, very rich. I get that. But what I'm saying is Zimmer and Spielman and Kirk if they are the three chief um, football ops folks, you look at them right now and you'd be an idiot to say, this is working. Well, and it's then, not working. And to, that, to what you're saying, I almost feel like the ownership, the ownership has built in no accountability structure for what happens when you don't attain Super Bowl contender status, right? Like it's, it's, it's almost like they've set the bar at – Getting into the playoffs as a wild card team is a success, and then everything after that is gravy. And so, for you to keep your job, or for you to, uh, yeah, I mean, basically for you to remain employed as a coach, as a as a quarterback, and to keep getting contracts, all you have to do is clear this relatively easy bar, which is the last wild card spot. 
And if you do that, we're certainly not going to fire you, and it's going to be hard for us to, to get too upset with you because, you know, you delivered postseason football once every other year. And I know that in their minds they're thinking, well, if we set the bar higher, then, like, we're probably going to come short of it more often than not because how many teams are just, like, besides the Patriots for 20 years, are just always contending for Super Bowls. And we also don't want to risk not being relevant. We don't want to blow out a bunch of good coaches, front office people, and a good quarterback and risk going three wins, four wins. And I just think that's where they're paralyzed as an ownership group. They just sit there and they're like, well, I mean, it's not terrible. So we can't just fire. You can't just fire everyone for going to the playoffs, can you? And the, and it's just it's the, it's probably the same conversation year after year in the offseason, if it even is a conversation. Then if that is the case, congratulations. You are the Marvin Lewis-led Cincinnati Bengals forever. That is a loser's mentality, and you're never going to get anywhere. I don't. Fans are going to attend the stadiums. Fans, they're going to buy merchandise and all that stuff. I'm just speaking for me. Certainly, I will still come out to the Twin Cities, but if you think I'm going to spend $100 on another jersey or $40 on a hat just because the logo is cool and the colors are nice and all that stuff, hell no. This team, from what I gather based on their actions, this team, they do not care about me as a fan. I'm speaking for me. For me, for me, you're not going to get anywhere with that loser's mentality. I talked about how the Chargers with Marty Schottenheimer after going 14 and two and losing in the first round, they fired him. The Eagles, I mean, goodness, they had a real reason to keep Andy Reid along. You made it to four straight NFC championship games, a Super Bowl appearance, but they cut ties with him. And we're sitting here, all that considered, we're scratching tooth and nail to keep a regime that's well they can get into the playoffs once in a while are we serious right now you're a joke of a franchise so you don't have the right to then say oh my god how are we going to get to the next step you're not trying to get to the next step you're not if you're pretending like you are if you guys could i'm going to take the chiefs off the board here but if you guys could swap the vikings out for any other franchises next five years as you look around in jealousy at some of the other teams and franchises. And again, I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs off the board because I think that's an obvious answer with, you know, two straight Super Bowls, one title in Patrick Mahomes. But um, who would you want the who would you want to come in here? We would take that team and we would put them in Vikings uniforms and you would you would now be following that team. Can I run the team? Go for Go for it. What? No. No, no, no. But I but but I'm but what I'm saying is can can I decide on the coach and GM? No, you get you get their situation as is. I need to make the decisions. Mm. I, there, there's too many foolish fans. You're saying there's understand. wait, you're saying I'm giving you th- I'm giving you thirty options around I, the league. I've got a and team. You're, and you're and there's not a GM coach combo with a team I've got, that you're happy. No, with? I've got the perfect team, but I need to make the decisions. Okay, let's hear it. So there is no perfect team. Not for Judd right now. In the NFL, it's really flawed. But that, I'm fine with that. So you're I'm saying cool you're that. better than the 30 current general manager coach combinations? No, no, you no, Judd no, 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 no. You misheard me. Owner. I'm better than the owners. Owner. The owners mm. The owners are uh. fair. Not, no, no. See, see, this is the thing. I'm, I don't game plan. <laughs> I don't. But the team that I would love to own and swap with right now is the Jacksonville Jaguars. What? 
ton of salary cap room, a quarterback who I think is legitimately going to be great if he has the right infrastructure, um, a team that's got a, a blank template. And this okay, league, I'll, I'll take the Chargers and beat you for five years. And no, this league, if you do it right, if you have smart people in charge who aren't egomaniacs, who aren't crazed, you can – this league, you can do something quick. I would love to take my chance with Jacksonville. It's it is a blank canvas with with a Monet at quarterback potential. I, I would, lean Ravens. I lean Ravens. Randy is where I would go. I lean Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, you I get like John. Pasta, you get John like Harbaugh, Harbaugh. You get Lamar Jackson, who's not been good this season. But I would I would lean Ravens where I would go. See, I would think the Rams, but when you talk about five years, Matthew Stafford, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. But taking that into consideration. Chargers, Bills. I would take either of those two teams for the mm-hmm. next five years. Mm-hmm. Young yeah, quarterbacks, it, nice weapons. They can build something. Yeah, and the Bills, I almost feel like the Bills taken out of Buffalo and put inside U.S. Bank Stadium would be a better fit for them oh anyways because they want to be a track meet passing team anyways. Yeah, And that's like the best versions of Vikings teams the last 20 or 30 years have been more track meet offense teams with the exception of the one 2017 defensive season. So I, I, I love – I think Justin Herbert's incredible. He's got a ridiculous arm. He seems like he's just obsessed with football and prep and film, and people seem to laud his leadership and everything he's bringing behind the scenes there too, and he's, what, 23 years old. He's a, he's a big dude who's not just going to get you know knocked on his ass and hurt for a season. So I would, I would swap with the Chargers personally. I'm also just like jonesing for – an ironclad franchise quarterback. I don't know that Trevor Lawrence is that. I think he's going to be, but, but I'd I like mean, to say he I'd has love to not take, looked good this season. I'd love to take that shot with my people in charge. What scares me too Who are your people? about the Bills, <laughs> I would go out, if I could get a coach and GM, I, I would have a, a great it's fighting chance of doing a better job. Look, the Bills are owned by the Pagulas who are actively screwing up the Sabres and have yeah. done a good job with the Bills thus far, but are usually eventually wrong and despised. <laughs> I don't trust them. The Chargers, owned by the Spanoses, long history of screw-ups. Solid franchise, but they've never climbed the mountain. Yeah, I but, like, did... you, but like you could have chosen Sean McVay for five years, and you said, no, I'm going to go and start over with the Jaguars. Because well, I, I want – no, no, no. I would rather have the Jaguars with my people in charge, a coach and G- GM, <laughs> that, than Matthew uh, Stafford playing for McVay. Now, if I could get McVay to coach my team – with Lawrence, I love my chances. Then. <laughs> okay. I need to craft. I need to then craft give me this okay. Thing. Then give me Belichick, and I'm going to put him with Justin Herbert and take the Patriots. If you can defense. get him away that's from the Patriots, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, but you got to find the right people. And this I'm going to resurrect Wilson. Vince Lombardi. This actually. is what the Wills need to do. This is the important thing that they need, and for for at least a few months here, what they need to stop doing is being fans and what they need to start doing is being savvy football business people and get the right people in place and then you back off real quick people are accusing judd in the comment section of drinking surly and i think he will happily happily oh, wear that badge. god i would happily drink a surly you know what in fact surly would, would be the beer that i would serve in my stadium because <laughs> surly furious with trevor lawrence playing quarterback with my up-and-coming team everything about it would be perfect Surly Furious is the beer of choice in in Zolgad, 
uh, Phi Stadium, whatever we Zulgad, would call Judd it. Zulgad Phi. Judd Phi Stadium. Judd Phi Stadium. That's my beer, baby. Surly. Let's get it. <laughs> I mean, as far as the ownership thing, I do kind of agree with Judd in a sense that, if nothing else, being an owner, even if you know nothing about the sport, is common sense. So going maybe apples to oranges here, I'm a Mavericks fan. And years ago, when they were going after Darren Williams, when he was a superstar point guard, Mark Cuban didn't make the meeting because he was too busy filming Shark Tank. WTF, dude, what are you doing? I you need to see Ziggy meet with this guy. He ended serious? up going, I'm dead serious. He ended up oh going to the Brooklyn, I guess the New Jersey Nets at the time. Yeah. But wow. in the case of the Wolf Brothers, I mean, this clearly is not where, if nothing else, I don't know Joaquin Phoenix's character in Gladiator. I forgot. I haven't seen that movie in so long. But if nothing else, if you're an owner and you see your team just once in a while, do, right? Declan's right there. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Make changes, damn it. Even if you don't know what to do, hire someone to do it for you. Ziggy on Shark Tank. Common sense. What needs to happen for Ziggy to sit there with that goofy little mustache just sitting on Shark Tank? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that that Um, was really, really bad. I would keep Rob Brzezinski, by the way. Like I bring, I would bring oh, the yeah, Chargers yeah. in. I would I bring Herbert. I would bring the young coaching staff, and 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 then I would keep Rob Brzezinski to just make that inevitable Justin Herbert fifty million dollar a year contract work for my salary. Oh, cap he he'd do a great job. None of it guaranteed, but here's a five hundred million dollar contract headline. 10-year, $500 million contract. That Culpepper contract is one of the most genius contracts I've ever seen. It's like $12 guaranteed, but it was $100 million. And Dante, wasn't Dante his own agent? Not at that time. He okay. fired his agent after yeah. after okay. that in 2005 because he decided he would do his own contract. What's the point? And he came to this conclusion. What's the point in having an agent if the agent gets you like no guaranteed money as a football player? It's kind of amazing. Well, because as a player... You trust him not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so you think my agent's got my back, and the guy's like, yeah, and I really didn't. I'm sorry about that one. Yeah. Okay, since we're going down this speculative path here, I mean, this is kind of reckless speculation Thursday on a on a Tuesday here. Reckless okay. speculation. Uh, speculative gun to the head, Randy. What team does Kirk Cousins play for next year? Oh, I'm going to go. <laughs> is it the Vikings? <laughs> Randy passed gas, I think. Oh, Did you oh, see man. that? It's like, oh. No, I, I, it, I, gun to, I need to know what regime is here. But assuming that the same one is here, he's playing for the Vikings next year. Let's say, it's, Doug, let's say it's the Doug Peterson regime. I think I mean, he Doug, plays for Doug the Vikings. Doug Peterson probably wants Kirk Cousins, right? I think he plays for the Vikings, yeah. I mean, if Peterson not, probably, wants, probably wants Cousins. He wants to feel out Mond. And then maybe in this article that he penned so eloquently today, he talked about how at every like two or three key stops in his career as a coach, including Philadelphia, their philosophy was draft a new quarterback every year and just like mm-hmm. just have it be survival of the fittest among the backups and just always be cultivating backups. That's not so, wrong. You can develop geez. Kellen Mond while Kirk Cousins is still here, or if you continue to draft a quarterback every year, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But I think if Zimmer or Peterson, Kirk Cousins is here next year. I agree completely. Um, I guess my question, though, is this one. What do you, What happens if you call Kirk in and, and say, Kirk, we, 
we can't absorb your cap hit for 2022. So we're going to have to extend you. And Kirk's like, okay, show me more money and guarantees. That's my question. Cause like, that's going to alter the philosophy then of, of his employer. Right. So like, I guess my, I guess my question becomes what's the number. And if we don't know that, that, that makes it so difficult because at some point in time, everybody would probably bail and say, I just can't do that. I think. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's probably Kirk Phil. Yeah. I think it's, it's like, if it's, and I keep using Peterson cause I do think he's going to be a candidate if they fire Mike Zimmer. Um, I doubt that he's going to want to come in here and start over at quarterback in a weak quarterback draft. It would be one thing if you had Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and you know the, the perceived potential of all the quarterbacks in last year's draft. And the other wild card here is we have no idea how anyone feels about Kellen Mond. There's been, and I'm not ripping anyone here, but there's been no reporting on him. You can't watch him at practice because reporters aren't allowed to watch anything besides like team stretching and individual drills. The coaching staff, Mike Zimmer and Clint Kubiak certainly aren't talking about any progress behind the scenes and maybe aren't even really being asked about it because there's so many other things to ask those guys. And so, like, we don't know. Like, we don't know if, if, you, if you traded Kirk Cousins, we don't know if Kellen Mond would be competing for a spot or if you would just be, like, second or third on a, on a backup depth chart. We literally have no idea right now. We don't know. And I was so excited when they drafted him. And now he's just a guy who's there. And that's really unfortunate. If that's the case, why even draft the quarterback? It's I just don't believe that they're developing this guy. And even if they were to draft another guy next year, who's to say it's not going to be the same thing? You're going to bring back Sean Mannion again anyway. So who cares? That's so depressing. Yeah. Don't talk like that, Randy. See, that? that's the type of thing that makes me mad. Quick, I don't no, want to hear need, that. Another TV show metaphor. Quick, we need something. I, I don't want to hear that. Give me my Jacksonville Jaguar rebuild, damn it, and I'll start new, okay? I'll give you a team to be proud of. The Jags. The I mean, you, Jaguar like, pride. You, you literally, like, you could have said the Packers. You could have said, all right, just give me no. Aaron Rodgers for, like, three no, years. I want to rebuild. He doesn't even know floor. if he wants to be with the Packers next yeah, year. Yeah, no, I want to build something, man. I yeah, want to build he, something, and I want the generational quarterback talent, and I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be that. What about, okay, what, about, what about the Bengals? I love Joe Burrow. If, if you could bring the Bengals and absorb them in and put them in purple. Yeah. Like Jamar Chase a lot. Jamar yeah. Chase. Zach Taylor. I, I but are they still the owned right by, by the Browns? Well, no, they're owned by the Wilfs now. No. Or, okay, because I didn't know what, what your parameter was. No, so like you'd, be, you'd be absorbing them. I thought you were the owner, Judd. Well, well, I'd yeah, like you, to be. Yeah, you just blew I'd on like, the owners. I'd like to be. Um, yes, if they were owned by the Wilfs and I had Burrow and Chase, that's not a bad. That's that's a nice little starting point for sure. Yeah, Browns and people are saying Browns or Giants. I don't know, man. Like, I don't the, want the Browns. The, the Giants are quarterback. The Giants are starting over at everything. They're going to have a yeah, coach quarterback. The Giants are blow. The Giants are going to be blown sky high. The Browns yeah. have a good roster. They've been they've been hampered by injuries. I don't but yeah, like I'm not giving Baker money, so I. I, I need someone that has a, a solidified five-plus-year guy at quarterback and preferably someone on a rookie-scale contract so I can build out the rest that's of the That's what roster. I want. I want yeah. the rookie-scale contract for a few years still. Yeah, But that's why you got Rob Brzezinski, to make that magic work, baby. Doesn't matter. Poor Rob. Poor Rob. How many times do, do these guys go, hey, Rob, make this work? Like, Call like Chad Greenway again? and Kyle Rudolph again. We need we need those guys to shave their he salaries. You must tell them like at least <laughs> at least once, if not twice per year. Okay, I can do this, but it's going to bite you in the ass at some point. 
do you think Chad Greenway still gets calls from Rob Brzezinski? Hey, man, we got to take some off your salary. He's like, I'm a part-time media guy. I don't know what you want from me. He's calling, uh, he's calling Kyle up. Kyle, Rudy! He's, Kyle's like, I, I don't even play for you anymore. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what you're asking. I'm really old. Leave me alone. I'm sleeping. It's funny um, that you mentioned it because bringing up the point of the quarterback situation, not knowing who the quarterback would be if you let go of Kirk Cousins or you trade Kirk Cousins away, so even if you are to get a new head coach, it almost feels like Doug Peterson is the only fit for this team, unless Eric Bieniemy or Brian Dable are saying, hell yeah, I want to work with this guy. Well, I want to here, work with number eight. And here's another factor here, because Aaron Rodgers spent the entire offseason last year trying to get his way out of Green Bay, winds up going back, and obviously they're the best team in the NFL right now, but if he still wants out of Green Bay, it's much easier contractually for them to say goodbye to him Mm-hmm. trade him to the AFC, it, he can force that to happen much, much more now than he could a year ago or six months ago. So if, if the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers to Denver or, no, I don't think he's going to retire, but let's say he retires or he's just not the Packers quarterback anymore. This is your division. The Packers have a good roster, but they don't have a quarterback. And I don't think the Justin Fields no. Bears are ready to pop up and win 10, 11, 12 games, and the Lions are still the Lions, so... You know, you might have a window of two, three years where if you can just have competence in some of these key leadership spots and a competent quarterback, that this is your division to win starting in 2022. No, no, I don't want that. If that's the case, I want Aaron Rodgers to stay in this division forever until they make a coaching change with the Vikings. Because the last thing I need for this team is that Aaron Rodgers goes somewhere else. Mike Zimmer is still the head coach. And by default, the Vikings are going to win the NFC North division. And, and I think what I'm saying big is ass I, head coach again, and they'll win a couple of division <laughs> titles and Oh my God, all is well. And he'll really be untouchable then. No, stay here forever. Go Randy. I agree. Rogers. I think what I'm saying is Mike Zimmer's fired either way. Okay. And, and then your decision on what type of coach to gamble on and then what to do with Kirk is impacted by an opening to do damage in the division. You know, would it okay. make it more likely that you would hang on to Kirk maybe extend him just to lower the cap hit and bring in more of a win-now Doug Peterson-type coach than to, than to roll the dice on an unproven coordinator who's never coached you know, at the head position. So if Mike is gone um, and, and they bring in a, a new coach and potentially GM, you guys would, would you guys prefer that the new coach says, I can work with Kirk and let's give Kirk – an extension because I think for Kirk to stay, he has to get an extension. I don't see a way that he plays on that cap hit in the last year of his contract. Would you prefer that? Or would you prefer that the Vikings Viking and find a veteran QB, a guy who's good, not great, but good and solid and can build out the rest of the roster though, because that guy's contract is not much, which would you guys prefer? I would almost I would almost prefer the GM to work with Kirk Cousins if that is the case. I don't want to go down the road of a solid quarterback and build out the rest of the team because you can only go so far with that. And we can say whatever it is we want about Kirk. He's a top seven quarterback in the league right now. Going from that to I don't know, take your pick and Andy Dalton, who is that solid quarterback that we're talking about here? Sure. I just that that just that's way too much, and it almost feels like we're going back to the old days of Christian Ponder. And okay, let's just 
add other players or Tavares Jackson or quarterbacks like that, where I'm just, no, I'll take Kirk Cousins over option B. So I, I have, you know, I mean, hell, everyone, the audience knows how I feel about Kirk Cousins. I have sure. major reservations, regardless of what he, kind of money he's making or cap it. Like, I think there are some major potential just like checkmate flaws with his leadership and with his inability to rise above pressure. And you know, I just I, I, I think those things are always going to be there. However, my answer to Judd's question is I would take a one year shot lower his cap number, and I get that it's not a one-year thing because you'd be lowering his cap number and then pushing money into 2023-24, but there's always ways to trade him or offload that contract for a seventh-round pick or something. I would bring in an offensive-minded head coach, lower Kirk's cap number so you can do some damage in free agency, and make a run at that thing in an Aaron Rodgers-less NFC North in 2022 and see, is there another level to this offense if you've got the right people scheming and and building a relationship with Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, uh, and then pour the resources into offensive line. Go find an actual right guard in free agency that is 28, 29 years old, knows what he's doing, isn't an experiment like an Ole Udo. And if it doesn't work, then you find another quarterback after 2022. You know, If you have to trade Kirk, whatever, if you have to hang on to him for another year while you groom the young quarterback, that's probably the route that I would take. There is another level to this offense and I think there's another level to this quarterback and I talk about Doug Peterson so much my in-laws they're all Eagles fans I watch the Eagles very closely and I'm here to tell you right now Nick Foles if you remember Nick Foles first he was with Chip Kelly not bad with Philadelphia the first time then he went to Kansas City or St. Louis he kind of traveled to a couple of teams okay yeah St. Louis and, and then came back to the Eagles mm-hmm. and with Doug Peterson. And that's why coaching is everything because with Carson Wentz, it just wasn't there with Peterson and the Eagles before Wentz got hurt anyway, but they went to the playoffs in back-to-back years with their backup quarterback, Doug Peterson with Nick Foles, that dude balled out. I think he could do the same thing for this quarterback. And if he can't, then you can say, all right, we've done everything we could for you, Kirk Cousins. Now we're going to go ahead and move on. But I think there's another level to this dude. And I think letting go of him prematurely until you find a coach that actually wants to work with them, I think you'd be shooting yourselves in the foot. And uh, Timberwolves for Life says another level to a 33-year-old quarterback. He is who he is. Just to be very clear. I'm telling you, man. I said, I said another level to the offense. If you can, if you can listen, he's amazing when he's not pressured. It's not realistic to expect there to be no pressure, but but it is realistic to try and reduce the amount of times he's pressured in a game in a season, and I think that would be the goal. And then on top of it, are there ways to what Randy was saying that just a more competent offensive-minded coach could sit down with him in situations, whether it's third downs or, or fourth quarter comeback situations or, you know, hey, bright lights, great defense, you're getting pressured, it's prime time. How can we be better in those situations? Like he's never really had that in Minnesota. He's never really had someone to sit down. And, and I'm like the most anti-Kirk guy here. And even I'm acknowledging that. So I, I am curious to see what that would look like if if that's the path the Vikings choose to go down. I do. There's, there's no clear-cut answer in the draft, by the way, either. It's not like there's yeah. a, a Trevor Lawrence staring at you here. So I do think as fans that that 
what we should hope for though is is just a starting point which is to get a coach in in here starting next season who understands offense and play calling and knows how to unleash a lot of things here um not just kirk jefferson i mean i i still don't understand how last night kj osborne just sort of gets lost like okay if they're gonna take away Jefferson, like the Bears secondary had no starters in it. And KJ was just sort of like, ah, oh, he's oh no. Like that's that's not acceptable. Um Dalvin Cook against Pittsburgh guys made what I yeah. think might be one of the best catches I've ever seen him make. Like somewhere there is a guy that, that can one thousand percent catch the football and it's used sometimes. It's not used consistently. So just from an X to an O standpoint of watching games on Sundays, I would like to start with um, put aside the personalities of like, what's Kirk like, blah, blah, blah. I would just like to see an X's and O's scheme where you're like, this is fun. This is really fun. And we have not seen that in this town since 2009. Right. And, and that was Brett. Brett did yeah, that. He really but, did. And I think the last time, the last real time that we had a head coach in this town who offensively was was a mastermind at that point, Denny. Like Denny, un, Denny, can't you, can't believe you just overlooked Mike Tyson, Brad Childress. Um, yeah, and and the Ticey regime with Culpepper and and Linehan. Linehan, right? hey, Tice was all right, man. Did some good things. They, they put did up some, some points, good man. They yeah. put up some points. But I mean, Mike Tice also released the Randy ratio, which, by the way, was a great idea. But why would you tell the public yeah. about that? But Denny was, I mean, De- <laughs> Denny for for his time period, as reviled as he became in this town, Denny did a lot of really, really good things offensively. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd and, love to see that unleashed. And what I would say is I've seen the idea of, okay, what about Kellen Moore or Byron Leftwich? I, I, just, I just feel like there's a difference between coordinators guys that do a really good job of calling the right plays at the right time there's a difference between that and leading an entire team yes i i just i'm not all about okay let's go after the new sexy coordinator that we think can take over and sean McVay that comes over that comes around once in a while but i just feel like guys that prove that they can get players to buy in a b enemy a day ball even a greg roman for god's sake I mean, that's where you need to go because otherwise you're just, eh, you're just wasting everybody's time. Well, that's Realistic Randy. Find him on YouTube. Just search Realistic Randy and you can follow him. Subscribe to his channel. If you're watching us right now on Purple After Dark on the uh, Purple Daily YouTube channel, hit us up with a subscribe. Click that subscribe button and the like button on this video so we can spread the word about this daily Vikings entertainment speculation therapy uh, you name it. If you missed the Alex Boone episode earlier today, he was on fire just ex- telling stories and anecdotes, Mike Zimmer stuff, offensive line. It was it was pretty awesome. So, uh, And you guys are all going to be laughing when Judd buys the Jaguars in like five years off the back of Purple Daily's success. Well, Judd yeah, Shad, actually runs Shad their team. Shad Khan, call me up, man. I'll help you out. You see, I got time. Duval got County. Time. Oh, boy. You know what? No, we're moving. <laughs> we're not staying in Jacksonville. No, no, no. My first, I'm pulling the plug on that godforsaken Georgia town. That ain't Florida. That's Georgia. Okay, it really, it really is Southern it's Georgia. Georgia. It we're really out is, there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Amazing. I All right. That's <laughs> armpit. It's a wrap. Jacksonville. Pur- purple Good after night. dark. You're awful. <laughs> See you guys.